Welcome to Dating Log, a podcast that records the ups and downs of dating in your 30s. This is episode two, and it's a good one to listen to. I talked with someone who had a lot of great anecdotes to share about dating all over the world. We had a fun conversation and found it hard to cut back. So this episode is slightly longer than a usual one will be, but I promise it's worth it. Let's go. My name is AJ. I'm 33 years old. I'm based in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm a digital nomad. I'm a straight man, and I'm currently using Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, sometimes OkCupid as well. AJ and I met back in January on a hookup app. It's called Field. Within literally two to five minutes, we we talked. I said, meet me at the Otter Rooftop Bar at uh, 6 p.m. Met you there. I'm nicely dressed. You're dressed very nomadic. What made me very attractive to you was the fact that you went into your fucking bag and you pulled out a dress and got dressed outside of the goddamn hotel because it was like a fancy ass rooftop bar. We went up to, uh, you know, fancy chandeliers and shit, security and all that. Sunset view, rooftop bar, watermelon cocktails. It was a vibe. We went for noodles, went to a jazz bar. Both were just super spontaneous. And at 2 a.m., we went out for midnight breakfast. Yeah, it was just good. It was good. It was just good chemistry, good energy. So can you tell our listeners why are you in Brazil right now? I came back to Brazil because of the time zone. It was just much easier to work with American clients in South America compared to being in Asia for the last seven months. And can you tell us a bit, how do you go about dating as someone who is frequently traveling and changing cities and also working for themselves? It can be challenging because I am getting older. I would ideally like to find someone that can travel with me. I think a lot of nomad travelers want that, having a partner to travel with. Because it's, it's time consuming to date now. I mostly go about it through dating apps. So Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, maybe OkCupid. And sometimes just going to meetups as well and meeting other digital nomads sometimes as well. But it can be hard dating nomads as well. It can be really hard. Do you use the apps maybe to meet different kinds of people or do you find different pools of people? Because this is also interesting, right? I'm sure Tinder and Bangkok could be different than Tinder and Rio. I've, I've, found tra- I've, been to 70, I've traveled to 75 countries and I've found that um, often Tinder is has somewhat of the same meaning in most countries where it's mostly used as a hookup or a sex app where I tend to see more serious relationships, people who are wanting serious relationships, mostly on Bumble and (laughs) from time to time, OkCupid or or Hinge. But I do hear those rare stories of, of lovers meeting on Tinder here and there sometimes. But for the most part, I've seen more serious dating experiences from people who are on Bumble or Hinge. You mentioned uh, that the apps were time consuming. About how much time are you spending on these apps, let's say? Sometimes being a American in some of these countries, it does make you somewhat desirable. And so you get a lot of matches. Sometimes you have to communicate to kind of weed out what's serious or what's not. So it could be one, two hours a day. It may be some morning conversations and then some evening conversations. But I am, I would say that I'm very straight to the point when I match with someone. I try to meet them as soon as possible. What is your profile 
say and look like, if I may ask? Profile is full of pictures of me traveling, me with some friends, graduation photos. I think a respectable, you know, mom and dad (laughs) profile. Uh, (laughs) And I think, you know, I try to show personality. You know, I, I mentioned that I'm educated. I mentioned that I travel a lot. I mentioned I'm a content creator. I like poetry. I like to play chess, you know, so the common typical things. So I, I try to create a profile that matches the energies of the people that I try to attract. The way you're describing the profile that you have, that sounds interesting to me. Like you've kind of catered it in this way, like, hey, I'm traveling. I'm into this. I do like poetry. I do work nomadically. This is my lifestyle. What I'm curious is you're, you know, you're looking for someone to kind of get maybe a bit more serious with, to travel with, to live this lifestyle with you. How do you communicate that part within your profile? I'd say, well, I definitely say, hey, I'm going to be traveling and I want a travel buddy. And, you know, these are the countries I'm going to be hitting up. And I try to explain usually on my first couple of dates that I'm very spontaneous. Um... I was in Thailand a few weeks ago and I was on a date with this woman and I I was leaving to fly to Brazil to Rio in 24 hours. I was flying to Rio and she was like, oh, I'm so sad because we never got a chance to take a trip together. And I was like, "Okay, let's take one right now. And she thought I was bullshitting. And I, you know, I booked a hotel. We were in Bangkok and we took a trip to Pattaya. And, you know, I was like, listen, be ready in the next 60 minutes. We're hopping. We're about to go to uh, Patia and go to the beach. And I already booked the Airbnb. And she was like, I don't have no clothes. I'm like, don't worry about it. We'll get it when we get there. And, you know, so I'm very like, you know, it can be scary sometimes meeting someone like that. And, I, and I've done it a few times with uh, on dates where I would just spontaneously say, Hey, let's go to Paris. Let's go to Amsterdam today. And it, and uh, sometimes they would think I'm joking. That sounds hella fun. To a lot of women, it's, it's scary to some people because it's very terrifying. And for because we uh, we've been living this, I've been living this life for so long. I'm just I'm just used to packing up and going and just you know I know how to just move. So can you? Tell me a little bit about your like personal dating history. So I know where you're coming from. Yeah. So I was deeply in love with a woman um, about seven years ago. I think that was like the last time I was seriously in love with someone. And I had to choose between chasing my dreams or being with the love of my life. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I chose the dreams. And we got into a big fight, big argument, Sally, enough. And I would not be the person I am today if I didn't, you know, I would not be living this lifestyle, be able to afford this lifestyle if I did yeah. not go off to move. To, I moved to Australia, got a to University of Sydney Business School. I'm a first generation student. One of my family went off to college and I had a chance to go get my master's degree. And I grew up very poor. And it's, I, me going to Australia changed my life. But it's extremely hard to find like love. You know, I want to I tell a lot of people out there, like <laughs> if I could go back, I would probably choose love or I would probably do it a different way. Unfortunately, you know, after five years, I returned back to America. Mm-hmm. And then when I re- COVID hit and um, I was stuck in America, dating was really bad in America for me. Why? Why was it bad for you? Because I I. 
I traveled so much that I, mm-hmm. I just wasn't Americanized. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't believe in the American dream. I didn't like how transactional dating was in America as well. Can you explain that a bit more? Like what you mean by it was transactional? Let's just say, so I want to go on a date with someone that wants to get to know me. I, I want to be enough. In America, you have to have a house. You have to have a car. You have to make over six figures. You know, you have to, you know, this is my experience. Once again, I want people to yeah. understand that this is my experience. You got to have a big dick. You got to, you know, <laughs> you got to have a six pack. The expectations were so high. And then there was a lot of expectations about, you know, where you go out to eat. It wasn't just taking someone out to eat. It was where you have to go out to eat. And, you, and I found myself spending $200, $300, $500 on dates. And it was me. I just realized it was me that I no longer fit into the traditional ways of dating in America. And then I started going overseas and just started realizing that I was solely enough. In America, well, one thing I will say is that being an entrepreneur and having a digital nomad mindset, it's, it's just extremely, I think that's also it's extremely hard for me to date someone who have been raised with traditional American values. That's have a family, get your, put yourself in a 30-year mortgage, go to Costco's or Target on the weekends and travel twice a year. And I was like, that's not me. I want to wake up in Paris, you know, go, I want to go to Amsterdam just to drink some coffee, you know, like I'm, I'm that type of person. So I just didn't identify with the traditional ways of dating American women. But often I found that, you know, and it's understandable when you're an entrepreneur and you're dating someone who's a nine to five worker, you just have two different Mm -hmm. views on life. And, you know, so I struggle, I struggle with it personally, with my lifestyle and with the person I am today. And I guess to kind of play off what you're saying, so you did mention your age in the beginning, and this is also a podcast about what it's like to be dating over the age of 30. And it, yeah, what's harder? Tell me what's harder. Then I found when I was dating in America and I was dating women over the age of 30, I had this huge expectation that majority women that I would match with were already parents. So I already had this expectation in my head that I'm going to be a stepdad no matter what. And, you know, and (laughs) and I was like, man, I I was afraid of situations like that because I love kids and Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm struggling to, if things don't go right, I'm struggling to leave someone because I'm attached to their child. So that's one of the struggles dating in your 30s for me when I was in the States. But when you're dating overseas, you're, you know, it's, you're, it's a completely different perspective on how people view dating. You know, you you know, I'm I'm able to date from 25 and up, you know, compared to in America where I was dating a lot of people in their 30s. It also becomes harder because you start factoring in a lot of things like, well, you start getting ser- more serious about life. You can start getting more serious about health as well. Um, I went on a date with this woman who was 35, 36, and I had recommended, I was in Argentina, and I had, you know, I recommended a, a, a five-star vegetarian restaurant. 
And mm-hmm. she gave me a look like she was about to throw up. And she was like, I want some meat. I want some beef. <laughs> like, very fancy. And I realized that I started learning more about myself in my 30s, like the type of energy I want around me. Like, I'm going to fall off track from time to time. You know, some nights I'm going to I'm definitely going to order a pizza for me and my partner. We're going to get a pizza here and there. But I need my partner or myself to wake up and say, yo, we need to go walk this shit off or we need to go to the gym. So I'm more attracted to energy like that in my 30s, which is sometimes hard to find depending on where you live where I want to be with someone who's more health conscious. They don't have to go to the gym with me every day. They don't have to eat the same thing as me. But I want to be with a partner that we're looking out for each other at the end of the day because we're in our dirty. So, you know, and I'm black. Black don't crack. I'm going to look this sexy forever. But I want my partner to look good with me as well. And I want us to continue to be attracted to each other. So being in your 30s, your expectations change a little bit about the energies and the type of people you want coming into your life versus when you're in your 20s i think everyone just wants to fuck they just want to have fun they want to have a good time but you start thinking more and more about the people that you want around you because because energy is important when you get to this age yeah totally um to play off you mentioned something about well let me ask this first what is your dating age range and does it change when you change location it definitely uh may change sometimes when it when it when it changed when it goes to locations i want to say anywhere from 25 to 40 42 45 but i've often mm-hmm. found see the average how do i say this without being controversial um like in thailand most 40 mm-hmm. and 50 year old women are single and a lot of thai men tend to um, divorce their wife when they get old and they marry younger women. And a lot of Thai men are not attracted to older women. They want younger women. You, when you go to the gym or you just, when you walk around Thailand, you see these 40 year olds with these amazing bodies. Everyone, they're in shape like crazy. They're, they're, they're you know, they're very attractive women. And the same for Brazilian women as well. So often I see a lot more, like I never, my, I never <laughs> thought about dating 40 and 50 year, women in their 40s and 50s. Until I start traveling overseas and start seeing a more healthier version of 40 or 50 year old women. Really? And I'm like, wow, you know, like, oh my God, you're more, you're more in shape than me. You're, and working out every day. I don't know. Sometimes when you date someone in their 40s and 50s, they're more, they, they already have their money. They already have a house. They're cooking. They'll cook for you. You know, you know, they, <laughs> it's not bad sometimes. So yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, it's really good. It's good meeting someone. So yeah, that's my age range, but it does change depending on the country for sure. Shit. Is that, that's like a thing that men will divorce their wives when they get older in like Southeast Asia. And- yeah. Asia, uh, South America, uh, even uh, Southern, like even like Spain, I often would see it as well. Like a lot of guys divorcing their wives when they get older, and 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 then in these countries in Asia or in um or in Brazil, a lot of these women don't even know that they're attractive. They're so beautiful, so beautiful. But they're... they they because they're fifty, they're like, oh, nobody wants me, and I'm like, I want you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, do you know what? How desirable you would be in America or the UK. Yeah, it happens. It's pretty common. It's scary, though. It's scary that, I don't know, like, to see so many guys, uh, like, it's 
it's just scary that that's the only result still to this day. You often see guys just divorcing their partners without having a conversation, without have, being open to an open relationship, without trying to make it work. Like me being with someone for the next 10, 15 years, I don't know if I could just throw it away, you know? Yeah. Just like that. And it's just scary to see so many guys just throw away their marriages after that many years of, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. For such like a surface level nothingness, like purely based on looks or whatever. On looks, I feel like, yeah, purely based on looks. And I think sometimes as, in, as human beings, it's normal for us to get comfortable in life. I think when we get in relationships, yeah. we get comfortable. When we get new jobs, we get comfortable. And sometimes we get too comfortable. But I think that it's important. Communication is important. But also mm-hmm. how you start off a relationship could be if you start off a relationship healthy, doing healthy things together, you know, yeah. I think it could, it could work out. Now, for me as well, it's funny. I was in uh, Argentina and I think uh, I don't know if it was somewhere in Colombia, but I, I started matching with a lot of women who love to hike. And I was like, do you mm-hmm. see me? I'm not a hiker. And, <laughs> and they all were matching with me. They're always like, hey, come, come hiking with me today. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm the type, the guy, I'm the guy that's going to cook for you. I'm going to have dinner ready when you can come back from that hike. Or we can do walks. We can do like indoor climbing, maybe. But I'm not <laughs> going to the goddamn forest to get eaten by some. Some monkeys and some lions and tigers. I'm not. That's not me. No, 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 no. That's not your thing. That's not my thing. But I'm going to compromise. I'm not going to be a boring person and just say no to everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I got tricked into a date in Malaysia. This uh, woman tricked me. She said we were going to have a picnic, and she ended up taking me to a goddamn jungle. And uh, oh man, I tell you, I cussed. Her. I cussed her out so bad. That was one of the worst dates in my fucking life. Is monkeys shooting from the trees, snakes and shit. I'm thinking it's going to be a romantic picnic, you know, and it was completely different. Never went back on a date with her again. <laughs> you know. Never did. In fairness, I can imagine that what a picnic means in one country. Oh, man. It does not mean in another country. I was just thinking romance, man. I was just like, oh, it's going to be a nice day. Boom, boom, boom. It's sunny. And then, shoot, monkeys just jump you everywhere. Just, this is like a monk has a monk. Oh, now I'm saying monkeys. A myth has been debunked. Like picnics, not always romantic. No, not always. Be do your research uh, for people out there. <laughs> I want to ask, what do you usually do when you go on dates with people? Uh, so dating now, because it's so cheap in the countries that I live in, I'm able to do a lot more crazy stuff you know like when i was in you know in thailand first i would read the energy and you know off i would try to read the energy with the person but i should also mention in america because dating was so expensive it was just traditional to just have one location and one date because it was so expensive i feel like or still expensive even more now with inflation in america in Thailand, I could start the date off at a rooftop bar, watching the sunset, you know, having drinks, and you're only 
going to spend anywhere from $10 to $20. That's just starting off the day. You can go to a nice, fancy Japanese restaurant or a Chinese restaurant or a Thai place. Then you can head off to a cool jazz club or you can go bowling. And you're still under like $15, $20. You're still like at $60. (laughs) You know, dating with me now, you know, it's usually like if the vibe is really good, you're probably hitting up three or five spots. But, you know, five star for us in some of these countries, you know, it's not five star prices. So that's the amazing thing, mm-hmm. you know, when you go out. Um, so, yeah, dating can be dating can be super fun. Dating can be very spontaneous as well. You know, I've, I've told some women, bring your passport on the first date. You never know. No shit. What? Yeah, I will. You know, if the vibe is right, man, I'm all about vibe and energy. Like we're having a good time. We're, you know, we're yeah. we're comfortable. And you can tell how the you know, how how a date starts off. You can tell the energy of how it's going to go, how it won't go, how a person sits down compared to how distance they are, how closed off they are. You can just, you can read the energy and the scenery of, of, of a date when it starts. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Within that first few minutes. Oh man. You can, you can, you can feel it. And I feel like it's okay. Even after those first two minutes for people to just be honest and say, no, and turn back around. <laughs> just don't waste have your time. I've never done that. <laughs> huh? Have you ever done that? I've never done that, but I have walked out two or three times. I left a woman at the restaurant by them by themselves. One was a, a I felt like I was being set up. It was in uh, Bogota, Colombia. I felt like someone was setting me up because it was common for tourists to get robbed. And I was a gentleman. I paid the check. I snuck to the bathroom. I whispered to the security yeah. guard, like, hey, I'm like, hey, and wrote him at the translation, like, hey, go get me the check. Like, I feel like I'm in danger. Give me the check right now. I paid the bill. I took the waiter and the manager and I said, sneak me through the back door. And they sent me through like a back elevator. And I left, you know, I left the woman there. She had uh, her. She was there. And then another guy, a woman was there who was sitting really close to us and they were already talking mm. and it just didn't feel, I, I'm a true believer of your gut. Same with women as well. Women should like, if you don't feel like something's follow your gut. If something doesn't feel right, yeah. get the fuck up out of there. Don't play around with your life. Like, and I didn't feel safe. I just didn't feel safe. Even if that wasn't what she was trying to do, I just did not feel comfortable. When I first, as soon as I sat down, the first thing she did was order like a $200 steak. She didn't even say hi, get to know me. She ordered the most expensive thing on the menu. It was a really posh restaurant. And that's another thing. She suggested like the most expensive. Like we agreed to a one restaurant. And then at the last minute, she changed the location to like the most expensive one on the street. So, yeah. And I was just like, whoa, what's going on? I didn't know it was that pricey until I went upstairs and I saw like, you know, a place is expensive if it's a motherfucking tree in the goddamn uh, restaurant. Of the <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how the hell did y'all get a whole goddamn tree uh, in here? Inside. Inside, you know, like so up 50 feet in the air, you know, so it was a very posh place. But I just didn't feel I'm a true believer, like with anybody like watching yeah. this video, if you don't feel right, you know, do the right thing. Do the right thing. I paid the bill and I blocked this person from every platform and I just left. I didn't drink nothing. Yeah. I just went. Yeah. Just left. When you 
are going on dates with people and dating them, like how many times or for how long do you see someone? I think if, I mean, I try to see them as long as I can if the energy and the the vibe is right. Sometimes, depending on the country, um, expectations can be very different uh, with the with the people that you may date. Often in Thailand, I found that a lot of Thai women that I would date, there was this huge, uh, in their family, in their culture, the women and the, the women and the men have to take care of their family. It's a huge financial responsibility. So most of the Thai women that I would date, uh, often their relationship didn't last that long because they were working 60 or 80 hours a week. And, mm-hmm. you know, so similar in Brazil as well. Often in some of the countries that I travel to, it just depends. In Europe, it can be different. It's, it's more of a balance. But sometimes mm-hmm. in Asia or South America, you, I may meet someone, it could be great chemistry, great, great energy, but they may be working, you know, for, you know, so much. And sometimes it's out of your control. It's hard, it's hard to, you know, so it, that could be one situation. Another one can mm-hmm. be things can move too fast. You know, you meet someone after one or two dates and they're in love. And they want you to stop dating immediately. They want you to be exclusive after 24 hours. And, you know, so, yeah, it's a it's a it's a scary situation you run into sometimes. And then some people have um, just bad habits, maybe as well. It could be bad habits, you know. Um, I, I'm 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 all about partnership, you know, uh, mm-hmm. teamwork for me. Uh, I tend to pay for everything when I am dating someone, but I feel that there are ways that a person can contribute if I'm paying for everything in a sense of if the dishes are dirty, you know, or, you know, you know, or if the bed's not made, you know, just simple stuff, you know, you can add, you can add contribution at the end of the day. I think relationships should be about partnerships. It shouldn't be about who has the most money or any of that, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm a cool, I can do steak or I could do tuna in a can. I'm pretty easy at the end of the day. I don't, I'm not really picky on, you know, on, you know, always flourishing, but I think, you know, I want, I think a partnership is important. Something I want to bring up because, so the last few people I've interviewed, you know, we've had, this has become its own discussion, but I think you and I, maybe, maybe it's because we're culturally American or we people who have lived abroad and traveled and whatnot. But how would you define like the word dating? And is there other terminology or expressions that you would use to define what it is you're doing? Dating for me is when I'm I'm dating someone, I'm at a stage where I'm getting to know them. And that could include going out on dates and probably casually sleeping with that person. That could, that's what dating means for me. If I'm exclusive, that means that I'm only seeing them. And we probably have had to communicate it that we want to see each other exclusively at the end of the day. I do feel that um, there's not a lot of conversation around exclusivity. I think there's an assumption for me personally. I feel that when, when men are dating women, women sometimes assume 
that because the man is sleeping with them, that they're exclusively seeing them. And I feel mm-hmm. that exclusivity should be a, something that you communicate, not just assume because you just slept with that person. So it's just, <laughs> it's just a, and, it's, and it's also, you know, and sometimes you, and I think it's okay to, I personally think it's okay to date to see what's out there before someone just jumps into something exclusive or something serious because, you know, you don't truly know a person until you live with them. You know, you don't truly know their habits and, you know, you got to live with somebody to truly understand, you know, like I, I didn't realize until I got 30 that I, that I have OCD, you know, I have a cleaning disorder. Like I, I, I like my shit to be clean. So if someone just has mm-hmm. stuff all over the place and that can, that can, that can do something to me, you know, <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and I, I didn't know, but I didn't have this in my thirties. And now I'm like, man, all right, I, I need to, cause I work from home. So for me, home is a place that should be, you know, nice and tidy. Have there been any things that were surprising when someone says like, oh, we're dating when you didn't think you were, or did they define it differently? Was there, yeah. I think, you know, I met someone after a night or two, we had a great date and we had sex. And I think it was a huge pressure. Like, hey, you need to delete all your dating app. And I was like, whoa, why? why? You're like, you, you know, you're with me now. Now what you're seeing, mm-hmm. nobody else. I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it, it was just, and that person was serious. They was not smiling. And, you know, so you do come across some, um, I've came across some women who are very overprotective. Are you um, monogamous when you date? I'm, I'm monogamous and I'm, but I'm open to poly as well. I'm open to it. So I have a, I'm very open to, to both. I feel like, like I'm open to being in an open relationship, you know, with dating other people. But I feel that the older I get, it becomes a little bit time consuming because I think a lot of people assume being in an open relationship or being a poly poly relationship, you know, people just assume that, oh, they're just having sex. And it's like, no, that's not how it goes. You got to get to know that person. You got to take time to talk to them. You got to communicate. They're not just meeting up and just sleeping with each other. So I think, you know, as the the older I get, it's like one of those things where for me, I'm just like, man, if if things for me, if things are going great in my relationship, I'm OK with just being with one person. But if my partner feels like they need multiple people, I'm I'm I think I'm op- I'm more open to it now than I was before when I was younger. But also, like I said, I look at time as an entrepreneur. I just look at time these days and I'm just like, all right, would I have time to you know, especially if I'm moving around with someone, it just depends. But yeah. also, the, the the level of diseases are growing so high. Not to say that should be a reason why not, but I just feel like, you know, STDs are growing so high these days, much higher than they did 10 years ago. It's just like, man, you know, at least I feel my consciousness is clear sleeping with one person. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people don't know what they have sometimes or they don't get tested. I have male friends who never who are in their 30s, 35, 30 or older that never been tested before. Yeah, this is actually like a super valid health point. You bring up that, you know, in my last few conversations, nobody has brought this up yet. And 
I, I'm speaking to people who are monogamous, but also people who are practicing polyamory or ethical non-monogamy or have open relationships or are currently sleeping with two, three people. And this is a valid fucking point. Like, <laughs> Well, even if you trust that one person, you don't know the other two people that they're sleeping with. And it's just like, they're probably sleeping with, if they're just, I mean, they're probably sleeping with two other people. And then those two other oh people are God. sleeping with two other people. And it's just like, ah, man. Okay, so we talked about location. We've talked about sex, sleeping around, defining dating. What I'm curious about is within your friend in social groups, where do you where do you fall? Do you have friends who are also dating friends 30 and above, let's say, right? Are they also dating? Are they single? Are they married? Do they have kids? Where are they? What are they doing? And how do you fit into that or not if that's the case? Most are starting to settle down. And most are starting to, you know, I think because they're like 33, they're like, they get they're that 33, 36 age. And now they're starting to get more serious about life. They want to have families. They want to have kids. They want to get more settled. And that's, that's about the right time. Um, I'm still hanging out with them for the most part. But sometimes you can tell that their partners don't really, they're like, why are you hanging out with AJ? He's a single man. You know, <laughs> it's like, because we're friends. We always been friends. You know, so uh, it does start making you reflecting yourself more about, you know, hanging out with a because when you because it's not just me hanging out with my homie or my or my, my boy anymore. It's like I got to hang out with his girlfriend now and she got to come around. And, you know, it's no uh, just the guys hanging out anymore. It's like especially if they don't have kids. Oh, you know, you got to you got to be ready to be the third wheel, hang out with that person. But for the most part, I think it's, you know, I think it's cool. You know, for me, I've traveled so much. I haven't really settled in a place just yet. But I am starting to realize that a lot of my friends are starting to get more serious about life. You know, how does that make you feel with all these people settling around you? I don't know, man. I got an amazing life. And I think, uh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, look, one thing I will say, I mean, you know, yes, I'm in Thailand, I'm in Bangkok, I'm in Rio, I'm in Amsterdam, I'm in Paris, I'm traveling the world, I'm eating at all these fancy places, I'm living a great life. But I don't think I want to look, I don't think in the next 20 years, I don't know how I will feel if I'm, if I'm having this life and I'm just still alone. I'm not going to lie and sit up here and say I'm not fucking lonely on Christmas, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day. Some things you've been raised in America to, to, to be around family. And when you get older and you're traveling, you have some lonely days and you have some lonely times, you know, at the end of the day. And it, But also, it would be amazing to share these experiences with someone. You know, I just think it would be cool to look back and say, man. I didn't just do this by myself, but I shared it with this person. I don't know if I want to stop this life, but I like like the way I operate. I'm doing it. I'm balancing it out. Like I go to countries for three, six months. I live like a local. I'm not out every day doing touristy stuff, but I would like to share it with someone eventually. I think so. Like I said, you know, it's it's just it's too much work dating in today's world. And I miss the old ways. I miss the the old ways of dating. The old ways as 
like when you were when your 20s or from 20 years ago on this world or what do you mean always of our parents ways like i you know like into in today's world of dating if you message someone on a dating app they may take three to five days to respond to you and you know communication is not that great because everyone wants to text no one wants to talk on talk on phones anymore I'm all about giving energy. Give me the same energy I'm giving you. You know, I'm texting you in the morning. Text me in the morning. If I'm calling you, call me. If I'm asking how your day is, ask how my day is. I'm sending you lunch. Shit, make me lunch. Send me lunch. Give me the energy that you want. You know, so if you give me five day no texting energy, I'm going to give you that same energy back. You know, and, and especially when you got so many people reaching out to you. And sometimes people don't understand a simple hello or just meeting up. But it's it's just more complicated in today's world. You you're texting every few days. You're getting to know a person. You're having this deep conversation, then it just go ghost. And then it's like, well, do I wait on this person that I haven't even met yet and is going on two weeks of texting, or do I? What about these other ten matches that these women who are constantly messaging me or trying to meet with me? How do I balance out what's what's important? And I usually have a seventy. Like uh, I have a, a seventy-two hour rule. Like if I don't, I I delete uh, matches after seventy-two hours if it's no conversation or like I'll match with someone I may not hear from them or we may not even talk for three days and I just delete them. You know what I've started doing when someone texts me something like asking a question about like a day, right? Like how's your day? How's Wednesday afternoon? How's your Saturday morning? I'm like, you know what? I don't fucking have time for this. It is all the same question. It is so basic. There's no content to it. After you say hello, can you think of something a little bit more like exciting or interesting? True. And sometimes one thing I will say, not for every woman, but for sometimes I do copy and paste the messages because it's just too many. And because you're trying to weed out the bullshit, I may match with, mm-hmm. I may match with, if I turn on my Tinder and boost the profile, I may get 20 matches that day. And it's kind of like sales. It's like you're doing a sales call. You're going to make a hundred calls and you're going to get one, two solid people that may work with you. And I may send out 20 messages and I only may get maybe one or two people that respond. And out of those three to four days, and then it helps me just delete the rest of the people, you know, because dating is not a priority for them. And if it's not a priority for you, that's okay. But I got bills to pay. I got shit to do. And I'm taking time out of my day, out of my schedule to commit to you. I'm, you know, like if if I'm out at a cat for me, if I'm taking someone on a date and I'm meeting them, you know, that, that, that shows you that you're, you know, then I'm really valuing your time. And I'm putting the phone up. I'm trying to put the phone up if I can, but, you know, not yeah. being on the phone the whole, like a lot of people are comfortable with being on their phone on dates. And it's just, it's not the best thing as well, man. It's a very, I know that people are addicted to it, but it's just not good. But I feel that as well. The great thing about being an entrepreneur, being a digital nomad, I tell a lot of women that I really do like that struggle with, having time i tell women like i say look i work for myself i can work anywhere look you we don't have to be traditional and just meet each other that one day once a week when you're free i'll meet you Mm -hmm. at 6 a.m we could go to the gym 
If you got a lunch break, I'll come travel to your office. We can have lunch at your office. Or if you have to work, we can have a work date. But all this, I'm only, I ain't free type shit. I don't want to hear that shit. You make time for the things that you want to make time for. You know, so if you got a lot of shit going on, add me to that shit. I want to be a part of that shit. Even if it's fucking boring, I want to be a part of it. Hey, I got a fucking conference to go to. I know I, I, I really, hey, I really like you. I'm so sorry. Look, you can come hang out at the conference. At least show me that you're still interested. You come hang out at the conference. I'm going to be working, but you can still come hang out. I, I'm there. I'm there. You made time for the things you want to make time for, but I think more women and more men as well needs to learn how to communicate their time. I understand you're busy, but at least show that you're interested. And I think a lot of people don't do that in today's world for the most part. All right, let me stop having my Kanye yeah. West rant about that topic. <laughs> it's, no, it's good because I actually I was going to go into what do you find frustrating? And this yeah, sounds like that. people making time. And it's so refreshing to hear this different perspective. Like if you're already going somewhere to uh, a music festival, uh, drinks for some friends and you, you know, it's 6 PM and your friends aren't coming till seven. You're right. There is a moment in there where if you're talking to someone now, because apparently they're free because you're having a conversation, why can you not just meet on the way or join them here or see them there? And I mean, especially if you really, if you're really interested in that person, I'm not saying do this for every person, but I'm saying that if you feel that you can and you can feel it. You can say, man, this this person's interesting. I really want to get to know them. You know, just make effort because you never know, man. Like I matched with a woman on Tinder and I flew to Poland for a Tinder date after two days of talking to her. I was just like, man, energy's good. Chemistry's good. Why not? I don't know how long I'm going to be fucking alive. People out here living as if they know when they're going to die. And most people are not going to die from natural causes. You're going to die from a fucking car accident, from a plane accident, all types of shit. You don't even know how you're going to die. I don't have time to be waiting for hope yeah. and fairy tales and faiths and all this stuff. Like, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah, I matched with a woman. I was, uh, I was in I was in Europe somewhere. I was like, fuck it. It was like a $50, $100 flight. I booked the hotel. We had an amazing first date. I extended the flight for almost a week and a half. It was one of the best experiences in my life. And we had an amazing time uh-huh. together. It was one of the, you know, and I'm like, man, one in a lifetime thing. Life is short. Like, don't, you know, there's a lot of people that's going to be watching this video. And I don't want you to miss out on opportunity, potential love, because you're afraid of taking a chance. Yeah. But I know a lot of people are not like me. I'm crazy. So. Nah. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's unique. And I love this energy and the zest and this excitement. Like, come on, let's go now. If the vibe is good, we keep going. We keep doing this. And with that, I'm going to kind of segue. So when is your next date? I have a date to potentially tonight or tomorrow. I think I have two this week in Brazil. And what are you going to do? One, I don't know if she wants me for my money, so I'm trying to read the vibe there. And then the other is uh, she's 37 years old and she's a real estate agent. So I don't know if she wants me for to try to sell me a house. So, you know, but I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to go on a date. 
and you know just see how it goes you know i'm open i'm thinking about i have i have a house here in rio for the next couple months and i think i'm gonna go to salvador bahia maybe next week so i may check out some other cities like but i'll let this house be my base so I'm in Ipanema, you know, the beach area is beautiful. So, yeah. Let me go through the question list. Just make sure. I think we've actually touched on everything I wanted to ask, which is fantastic. I just want my story to inspire people to, you know, you just never, you know, just be more open with going with the flow, man. You know, just just be more open. You just never know. I think we have this mindset of let's just go on a date and I'll go home, but be open to the possibilities after the date it doesn't mean that you need to have sex but you know be open to having more conversation going to another place having an experience you don't have to just go with the traditional route because you've been taught that way tips for guys you know look even if you are lacking if you're not as confident in yourself you can create a, a experience unlike before and an experience unlike before that shit can turn you in to a motherfucking mm-hmm. ten. Dating Log is recorded and hosted by me, Wyndham Juno. It is produced by Harry Dark. You can follow us on Instagram at Dating Log Podcast. Our website is datinglogpodcast.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And remember that we are getting started here. So if you have any feedback or a really great person whom I should definitely interview, please slide into our DMs by sending an email to datinglogpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. In the meantime, please don't ghost us.